Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome back to We Move Through Stormy Weather, a fish podcast where we compare and contrast songs and the evolution of their jamming styles throughout the band's career. My name is Ryan Storm, and today I am joined by two We Move Through Stormy Weather veterans, Matt Kalinske and Steve Vickner. Listen to them in episodes seven and nine, respectively. Matt and Steve, say hi. Hello. That's a good hello. <laughs> uh, today we are here for a very special episode. Um, now, I know the title says that I have been convinced uh, that 1.0 is indeed better than 3.0. Um, and, uh, I would just like to say happy April fool's day to you all. Um, the three of us are actually here to discuss, um, one of the most anticipated and, uh, long awaited songs, uh, for this podcast to tackle. And that is Jennifer dances. Yes, you heard that right. That is not an April fool's joke. We are going to be talking about Jennifer dances today. The workers that come back from their day in the field. Love it, guys. This is a beautiful thing. And she cooks me a meal. A little less salt. I'm over 40 on a low low salt diet. And I can't eat that gravy that Trey and Tom wrote about in 1999. Woo! Okay. So, so what a song we've got here. Four renditions. You know, three of them pretty similar. One of them uh, an anomaly. <laughs> we'll call it that. <laughs> the the dong version. The dong. Yeah, I, dong point out. And, and you know what? And you know what? That is that is the version that I picked for today. That's 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 my pick. The the MPP twenty fourteen version. Which ones? Yeah. Which ones out of the four did you guys think uh, is the best? Well, I think uh, you know, Steve. The, the three of us were all texting in our group text this morning. And Steve, I think you said uh, the first one 
I'd probably have to go with that as the tightest version mm. of the song, uh, for sure. Um, I think, you know, I listened to I listened to Portland again. I wasn't able to listen to Hampton uh, again, um, but I, I would probably go with with that first one. Uh, the first couple, you know. I I gotta I gotta admit full transparency here right from the get go that you know we we thought of doing this it is an April Fool's joke you know the band made fun of this song during uh, you know the 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 chess rematch uh, I believe and uh, I was listening to this this morning the first couple of versions and I'm listening to Trey and and Paige's harmonies. And I'm thinking, holy fuck, dude, there was a point in time where like we would have like begged for the harmonies to be that good. Mm. Um, it almost reminded me of, you know, where the harmonies got back to on the December record. Um, Definitely. You know, it, it's it, the the lyrics are fucking cheesy as hell, <laughs> but there there's some good songwriting in there for sure. Yeah, de- it- Yes, and and I think the way that they they wrote the harmonies absolutely perfect. You know, one of my two notes that I made on the on the December fifth ninety nine <laughs> version um, was that the the harmonies are absolutely perfect. Paige and Trey just are like that song was written very well for their for their vocal ranges at the time. Uh, so I have a question, Matt. Were you at those ninety nine shows? So I was not at any of the shows with Jennifer Dances, and I wasn't actually at any of those shows uh, starting in Rochester. Um, the last holiday tour, I was in Cincinnati. And that okay. was it, just the two nights there. Steve, That's were right. you at any of those shows? No, I, I wasn't. But, you know, I know Matt is up north, and I wasn't sure. You know, Rochester was a pall for me. I was still in... Um, actually I was out of grad school working in the city and prepping for, you know, we started talking about a big Cypress. So I didn't see much of that, that winter tour, but I just wasn't sure if he was up there. You know, it was, it was uh, possible I could have made it to Rochester, but that's a, that's a haul. And I just started working, I think like September 13th or something like that of that year. So I just saw the two spectrum shows and, um, but yeah, like I would say the same thing. Like I, so you guys, you know, are more music oriented and, but when I hear that, that first version, it's, it, it just feels, it hits, di- as my kids would say, it hits different. <laughs> it does. It does. You know what? And there's a really nice, that short solo break that Trey takes in the debut version plays a few nice, you- really nice little, uh, little licks there. Yeah, I really, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, Trey hits that solo section and the crowd erupts. You can hear the crowd. They, they fucking love a good, tight little Trey solo section. Um, you know, so another thing, I, I didn't really write this as a note for this version in general, but just more for the song as a whole. You know, you saw a lot of this verse chorus verse you know songwriting um i feel like this is like a prequel to the dad rock you know songs oh, absolutely that we, we eventually started hearing 
Um, <clears throat> I feel like, you know, like, I mean, Dirt wasn't really that, but you had like Dirt and then you had like, you know, songs like Farmhouse were coming out of this era and things heavy like things, that. Yeah. Heavy things, 100%, you know. Which, which interesting um, to look at. Also, you know, Bug as well. Um, for sure. But yep. what's interesting to look All at those farmhouse songs, Jennifer dances like this song was written like to maybe be on farmhouse. Cause they wanted some more like song structured songs and not yeah. like jammy songs like Piper or something, you know, I agree. Um, yeah. It just didn't make the cut. What, what's interesting to me is that, um, you know, the, the 2014 version is in the second set, but it's in a hold your head up. So that's kind of like isolated from being a part of the flow of the second set. Um, but the other three versions from December 99 are somewhere in the second set. And what is crazy yeah. to me is is the placement. And, I mean, you know, you don't Agreed. see Jennifer Dances in any of that month's, um, you know, legendary sets like, you know, the 12-16 the show and, uh, you know, with the sand and the tweeds. You don't see, you know, sand, Jennifer Dances, uh, the mango song, Tweezer which would have been interesting to see how it would have fit into a set like that. But it's crazy that, uh, especially the 12-7 version, that comes after mm-hmm. a Wolfman's, the second song of set two, and then is followed up by Heavy Things and Buck. And if they yeah. played a set like that now, like that would be like dragged through the mud. Well, I think the only exception to that is Bug. Like For me, Bug is a really important song. It has a lot of feeling to me, but you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's, you know, fish has this thing with second song, slow down second set slowdowns. And, you know, the first two were mid second set or well, the first one was mid second set. Then it was the second song. And then it was back to mid set, but, um, it would, it, I'm sure it would, <laughs> I'm sure it would have gotten some, uh, attention. And the other interesting thing is, is that, it's 12-5 and then 12-7. So this is back-to-back shows. And, you know, the notes that I made on it. Yeah, the notes that I made on it is, so Trey butchers the lyrics in the first version. He uh, the, the middle lyric uh, where he says, the past, not the not your your past. And then he crumbling instead of not stumbling. And then he completely misses the third verse. Like he, like who knows what he's saying in there. He's, uh, I just have, and in the path, something, something, tears will fall, and something, something. Um, but the second time he sings it, he has the lyrics almost down. Pretty funny for a debut that you know it wasn't rehearsed well enough that he could remember the lyrics, or if he didn't remember the lyrics and was planning on debuting the song that night, you know, sheet of paper in front of him with the words on it, which. That's just, it's just, it's just amusing to me. Look, look, looking at aha in one Trey also wrote bad songs that halted the flow of the second set and didn't really do much. Tell me what those bad I, songs I, are. Jennifer dances. No, <laughs> besides Jennifer dances, um, <laughs> I'm always well, interested he was in hearing. Capable of doing it. You know, here's a more important question. And Matt, you know, I'm sure he has heard some debuts. You have a little bit more of a limited show count. So, you know, it's always interesting being there for a debut. Like I can remember, you know, we're about to hit Dinner and a Movie Island Tour. 
and Bird's de- debuts, and they play it twice in that run. So hearing a debut to me was always exciting. I started talking about Wingsuit today, but you know, hearing a debut for anybody, it's I guess it's hit or miss. But I'm just curious. Number one, Ryan, did you hear any debuts? And number two, Matt, are there any debuts that kind of stand out? in your mind where you're like, Oh wow, new music. And then, you know, maybe, you know, on replay, it might not be as great. So, so for me, I, I definitely agree with a debut can definitely be hit or miss. And the one debut, I think I've only seen one, uh, original song fish debut, which was, uh, miss you in, uh, at Wrigley 2016. And I enjoyed it at the time, but I think, um, you know, seeing the debut of a song like Chalk Dust would be much more exciting because it's just a more exciting song. Um, but Miss You, you know, they put it, you know, early in the first set. And, you know, after they played it, Trey was like, hey, we got a bunch of new songs. Thanks for, you know, thanks for letting us play them. Uh, and it was kind of like, yeah, go ahead. Little did we know what else would be on Big Boat or we would have said no. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you ever hear any... Um, yeah, so, gosh, I'm trying I'm to I'm sorry to put you on the spot, buddy. No, 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 no. It, it was a Mike song. It was uh, Access Me. I saw oh, the debut yeah. of Access Me. It, it was, uh, they played it at Alpine Valley the second night. Uh, Is that 03? Now, June, June 26, 2004. They had just played, I think, Brooklyn like the week before. They were announcing that like they were done at the time, yep. and like Alpine was essentially, uh, Steve. You, I don't know if you know this, but I grew up in Chicago. So you know, when you were mentioning before, you know, I was you know from the Northeast. I I lived in Philly for a long time. I live in Vermont now, but I grew up in Chicago, and Alpine was you know my home venue, Rosemont Horizon, you know things like that. Um, but I wasn't even planning on going to these alpine shows and then they announced that they were going to call it quits that coventry was going to be their last show so i flew out there and you know we raged the first night the first night was just incredible Mm -hmm. and then they come out and they play this you know just mike song you know access me is not it's just a it's a different type of of fish song you know um oh yeah and honestly I, i can't even I can't even remember like what I felt like, but that is, I always talk about that's a debut that really like sticks out to me. I don't even know if they've played it since they have. I think that I think a couple of times in early 3.0 maybe. And then uh, Dick's okay. 2019 is the most recent one. Okay. So I, yeah, so I mean, it's, quick... it's definitely. Oh, I'm sorry, Matt. So, um, and I apologize. And, you know, let me tell you, Chicago, I've seen a bunch. There's a handful of cities that I've made, um pilgrimages to and chicago 98 well i was in at tinley park in 97 but chicago 98 was a pilgrimage while i was in grad school and i've seen a bunch of shows in chicago and i have a lot of friends in chicago love chicago so i i forgot about that but i did go and do the two deer creeks and i had both nights for 04 you know when when they're called it quits i was like well i'm gonna get as much as i possibly can in and I went out with a buddy and I ended up asking him, I was like, look, I feel really guilty. My wife is home <laughs> with a young child. And uh, can we do you, would you mind if we skipped the second night of Alpine? So we did the first night and uh, at that back in that day. 
I was selling number nines in the lot and it was you had to you had to basically like walk around really like stealthily to sell beer in that lot. They were arresting everybody. But uh, I remember having a fantastic time. I hadn't been to Alpine since 97. And, um, yeah. but yeah, Access Me is great. And I just, you know, I mean, hearing a, first, a song for the first time is always fun. And it's, it's very, uh, what's the word? Uh, you know, it's revealing, even for the artists, like to debut something for the first time, you don't know how it's going to play. Definitely. And, and, and Fish is a band that I think has never really been that self-conscious about debuting songs ever. You know, I mean, especially in the modern era, but, you know, they would just throw a song out there and something like Taste, where they play it on stage. Uh, they debuted it in early 95, I think it was. Yep. And then they yep. continued to change the name of the song and the complete format of the song and the lyrics and everything about it, it for a year. Yeah. So and then it was Taste that surrounds... Around. Yeah, and then it was taste again, and so it, it's you know they've they've never been shy about uh, playing a new song, even when it's not ready. You know, and listening yeah, to it is exciting. You know, and 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 that's the excitement for me, and uh, that's what I was talking about with Wingsuit is, you know, when you hear brand new songs, it's great, it's exciting. Like I I know I've heard Shafty, you know, Shafty with Ficus, you know, Island Tour had a bunch of new songs. And it's, it, 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 I have never obviously had the conversation with the band about it, but I have to imagine, even when you're a band like that, there's still that like, oh man, I wonder how this is going to come off um, type moment. But, you know, when you have that, you know, and I think this speaks to the net, right? Like this net that doesn't exist. The, the fans are there to listen to it, whether it's a hit or not, you know, remains to be seen. Um, which dances, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe it's the cult hit that we didn't know existed. Yeah. Another debut, um, I was just thinking about it that really sticks with me is backwards down the number line from Hampton 09. Yeah. Um, you know, because, uh, you know, Trey had, had gone through the motions, um, and you know, he, released uh you know that uh acoustic version like demo version of time turns elastic um you could it just sounds like he recorded the thing in his his apartment in saratoga i think where he was living you know while he was going through this stuff um and you know tom had written him this birthday poem you know and that was what ended up becoming the lyrics to backwards down the number line and I remember, you know, that was that was kind of a known thing, I believe. I mean, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think, you know, it was kind of a known thing, at least for me. I was like paying attention, you know, micromanaging every fish de detail that was coming out. Like once the, the buzz was real that the band was going to come back and stuff. And it was like very evident that that was going to happen. And I remember they started playing this song and I I definitely got misty, man, when they were when they were playing it. It was it was definitely a cool moment for sure. Um, anyway, so I, I have like all these thoughts about <laughs> Jennifer dances and something that I wanted to touch on. Cause we were talking about, you know, the, the song placement earlier, just to, you know, take, just to go around in one of those Jersey circles, just to take a left turn here real quick. Um, so we were talking about like the, the song placement 
and shit like that. And again, when we were texting earlier, I was we were talking about you know the the first version at twelve five ninety nine Rochester. Couple, of, I just want to touch on a couple of notes so I, yeah. I have an opportunity to talk about them. Number one, this was the first return back to the Rochester War Memorial after like the infamous fucking 12 11 97 show, right? I mean, fucking like infamous fucking show, infamous, right? And and so there's like just so much, so many probably really high expectations of what's going to fucking happen when they when they come back and and when they start playing in that room kind of like when they played uh you know in uh, Glens Falls you know uh, right. when, what year was that in 3.0 for the first yeah. time since 94 right oh they're going to play the white album so they play this fat show 12 11 97 they come back in 99 and they play fucking they debut Jennifer fucking dances it's <laughs> i think that i i think that lives up yeah. to the hype you know I think that definitely lives up to the hype. All ninety seven jams, Jennifer dances, you know, pretty yeah, much on the same I mean, level. Well, so they follow up Jennifer dances with a couple of very interesting tunes. They followed up with Maze, which if you listen to that Maze, it is fucking fire, dude. It is. Is it like sixteen it's, it's minutes? It's about that. Yeah, it, it was fourteen or sixteen. So they follow Maze with Fluffhead, which is either fourteen or sixteen. We'll just call them both fifteen right. minutes. So. Um, but the maze is just like fiery heat, like 99, you know, fish they're on this holiday tour. They're trying to hit all these like milestone venues and cities to celebrate, you know, uh, Y2K and, and they're going down to big Cypress, just really fucking party and, you know, energy is really high. So that, that maze, you really feel that in that maze, then they play Fluffhead and, you know that's just you know classic fish tune and uh and then i kept listening to jennifer dances and i'm like holy shit jennifer dances almost sounds like fluffhead like the way trey <laughs> it's the same chords it's like the f and g you know or whatever it is or like d you know whatever he fucking does yeah. it's same sort of structure same style like the the augmented chords or i don't fucking know i just know what the chords are but they sound the same. And I'm like, just thinking, you know, the trade ED going on in Trey's head is just like, he plays maze, but the whole time he's like ripping the solo in maze, he's like, fuck man, I can't get those chords out of my head. I just got to play Fluffhead. And he just goes and plays Fluffhead, but he doesn't bail on it on maze. Like he did in 3.0. Anyway, <laughs> there's a couple of notes that I had that I wanted to get out. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I think looking at that, uh, looking at that set list, it seems like Jennifer Dances may have been the catalyst they needed to bring the heat for uh, the fourth quarter. You know, looking at the rest of the well, show, there's nothing too crazy happening uh, so, at the beginning. So, so check it out in this twelve five version. Like, if you look at twelve seven and twelve seventeen, right? Is Hampton? Um, if you look at those, the next one is like six and a half six minutes and change the the next ones in Hampton is like seven minutes and change the the debut is like 345 or something like that almost four minutes but if you it's a tight version it's like the version that you would hear if you if Jennifer dances did end up on fucking farmhouse on an album yeah what you would hear 
on an album, right? Right. But at the end, you can kind of understand why they extended it the next two versions. You kind of like start to get this vibe, this feel that like they can keep going, they can keep going, but they just end it, you know, on those like fluff head chords and, uh, and just call it a day and move on to maze. But, you know, then in 12, seven, they extend the song, you know, two and a half or three minutes long. There's not much soloing going on though. It's just more like the band's just rocking out. It's just like rock and roll. And then once in a while, they'll come back to the one and you know Trey's just like Jennifer dancing <laughs> yeah I was feeling like in the, in, the, in the 12 7 version I was feeling like that one sounded like it was kind of starting to drift off and they could have jammed it out which I think they totally could have with the, the way they were playing uh, the chord progression and it just it seems like a little bit of a waste that they just kind of sat on the chord progression for a few minutes without really doing much when they... I think everyone was probably looking to trade a solo and Trey wanted, you know, Paige to do the same thing and it never happened. Yeah. You know, it's well, I mean, th- I... the same thing happened 10 days later though. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Steve. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when, when Trey makes the decision, and I think this is a good example of there's no way the band knew that Jennifer dances was coming out that night of 12, five. It just came out. And, um, I, speaking of Rochester, you know, that was one of the biggest regrets, not making 1211 cause I had a ticket and then I ended up selling my tickets for Hampton 99, a lot of spectrum 99 because I just started working and I was like, I can't take this many days off and drive that far. But, you know, there's no way to know when you're going to drop that new song, like birds, in Highland tour, I think was definitively known, like you're, we're going to drop it. And then the next time they jammed it. Um, but I, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of like, let's get out there and try something new. I really am interested in, I put a little poll out there today about gravy versus sauce and some Italians call it gravy. Some people call it sauce, but my wife says it's sauce period. The end. And I, I look uh, at the lyrics and I'm like, if you live in Philly, it's great. You know, well, that's what Alex, that's what, that's what Alex said. And he's like, you know, it's, it's Italian, it's gravy, but my, my wife's family is like all Sicilian and she's like, it's sauce, it's Sunday sauce, period, the end, that's the way it works. But I'm like, well, you know, Trey's, you know, comes from an Italian family and I'm wondering how that lyric specifically, because it's so specific salt and the gravy <laughs> well didn't didn't tom do the lyrics for this one i mean it could have been mashed potatoes dude a little less salt in the sauce tonight i mean the ragu gravy just has a certain ring to it and just it, it just works in this in this case well so have you looked at the lyrics and thought about like what they might mean i was just gonna say that <laughs> i have i just pulled them up um everyone knows the first three lines yep. workers they come back from the day in the field jennifer dances and she cooks me a meal a little less salt in the gravy tonight 
Everyone knows that. Everyone, but except for no except for Fishman on July twenty seventh, twenty fourteen. He didn't know the third one. Oh, right, true story. They put him on. A, so they, they put him out there to roast. Let's. So, <laughs> You guys want to dissect uh, some of these lyrics real quick? Yeah, that's what we're here for. Here we go. You ought to know from long ago to listen to the winds that blow. Because when when your past creeps up at last, you'll see the landscapes open fast. And you'll be standing on a landing, stumbling despite your demanding. Wow. So you ought to know from long ago to listen to the winds that blow. What do we think? I feel like this is an under the scales episode and it needs Tom Marshall. <laughs> Should call him a lifeline. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, does Ryan know that show? Hey, <laughs> under the scales. Who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> R.I.P. Oh, 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 yes. I know who wants to be a millionaire. Oh, who wants to be a millionaire? I'm just joking with you. I'm I'm not, I'm not that young. It's good to be young, man. Enjoy the youth. But, you know, so to to Um, me, it's, you know, she, he comes, he's like, listen, you know, I told you this is what it's going on. And the wife or the, or the husband or the boyfriend or the, or the girlfriend is struggling with something and there's conflict in that relationship. Yep. There was a lot of those types of lyrics around this time, you know, just like the, the bug lyrics, you know, eat it or don't feed it or whatever you know there's there's a lot of underlying circumstances i think going on with the band and each individual uh all around this time and i think you can kind of see that in these lyrics definitely yeah i yeah you know these these are trey and tom lyrics too so um you know who knows like i i think um you know, it wasn't just band members. I mean, Tom was around the band all the time too. I think that they were, they were having a good time celebrating their success. I think that they were also, you know, kind of in this part of their life where they were not midlife crisis. I don't want to call it that, but it was more of like, we're, it was some kind of transitional period of, you know, the success of the band, having a family, yeah. all of it kind of coming to a head all at once and trying to figure themselves out personally and professionally. Yeah. Well, and and do you think Ryan. the lyrics maybe could have been like some of their uh, like backstage, uh, you know, jokes that, you know, that they did on stage that didn't really land as well. Like, you know, introducing, uh, Tom and like hyping him up and pretending it was going to be Bruce Springsteen coming out to sing a song, but then it was Tom and you know the band found it hilarious, but maybe the crowd didn't find it as funny. And so I think absolutely may- maybe maybe a similar situation with these where it was kind of like a like a ha ha these lyrics are ridiculous, you know in a way, and you know the audience didn't really find it as funny. But that's what fish does, so it's okay. And you know what? And they and they they have one eighty on that, and they were making fun of the song in twenty fourteen when fish sang. Well, again, so like, so if you think back, right? So if you look at the documentary about um, that, uh, if you look at a bittersweet motel, 
you have the video of Trey getting off of the private jet at the Great Went with his newborn baby. You have a situation where I believe, I mean, Tom's daughter is about the same age as uh, Trey's eldest daughter. And I just literally mentioned to you, I was like, I'm out Alpine. And I had this wave of guilt where I'm like, I'm here doing something that I love and I still miss home. But when you come home, it's always a little different. It's almost like, um, uh, what's the Johnny Cash movie? Um, Walk the line where he comes home and, you know, he's got whatever is going on in the road and things just aren't working out at home. And, you know, there's a line that gets blurred when you're on the road. And um, I, I, that's what I see and feel in these lyrics because I feel like I've felt it myself. That might be kind of deep. That's amazing. I I love that we are, I know I I love that you're getting this deep uh, feeling from Jennifer dances. You know, it's, it's yeah, that's, fantastic. That's not uncommon though, Ryan. Um, when this song came out, you know, a lot of people, is, as much criticism as there is about the song, you know, now you probably hear that more often than not. You hear people make fun, making fun of the song more often than not. When it came out, like people liked the simplicity of it, that, you know, that balladness, um, you know, the connection you know, like the bug kind of vibe, right? You know, people like that about it, including me. Um, I'm also the same person that, you know, made fun of it. But the, uh, once we decided to do this episode and, and listening to it over and over again, I kind of went back to why I liked the song to begin with, you know, it's, there are some really, really good components to the song, but the salt and gravy line, I just don't get <laughs> Yeah, um, know you know what, and yeah, and I mean, and, and I obviously can't speak to the reception uh, of it at the time in 1999 because you know I wasn't alive, uh, and it's cool to hear the different perspective because I I genuinely didn't know that people were that that people liked the song. I thought it was was immediately like a meme. I mean, it is a meme. Sort yeah, of. there's a famous. Yeah, there's a famous, you know, picture of the sign. And yeah, I mean, it's just fun to relive things. And, you know, not they're not not everything's a hit and things are written with a context in mind. And you try things out and if they work great, if they don't, it is what it is. But I don't care what song it is. I mean, just recently I just saw, you know, people talking about what what was that? What was the goose song? Is it called Old Sea? Maybe. This old, this old sea. There was some goose song that people were like, man, I would love to hear that, you know, time and place. Right. And, you know, this song, Jennifer dances, there's a time and place. It, I, I feel like that with destiny unbound, right? Like I was waiting, waiting, waiting for destiny unbound. The word and on the street was Mike didn't want to play it or didn't feel comfortable playing it or whatever. And it was shelved forever. And everybody has different connections to what it is and who knows why they didn't play it. I mean, like I, I get that it's not, <laughs> it's not the uh, hit, but you know, there's always going to be somebody out there chasing it. And to be honest, I'm technically chasing Jennifer dances. 
aren't we all? <laughs> that's like that. That's the pinnacle. Like, but it's fun. What, to what, be what that. other bust out could you ask for that you'd rather see? Yeah, especially now when you know the band knows that it's like a like a jokey song, and they you know find it funny as well. Like again, the MPP twenty fourteen song. Um, it seemed like Fishman was ready to play, um, a different you know Fishman vacuum song and. Um, Trey like any other song. Yeah, no, yeah, and and Trey was like, like, what if we did Jennifer dances? And so he opens it with like, all right, we have a request from the drum set, where Trey was, and just you know sings the first two lines of the song. Um, you know, mentions his dong, and then plays the vacuum. <laughs> it's, it's great shtick. Very much like Halloween 13, so the night after, I think it was the night after Wingsuit, when they tried to do Bohemian Rhapsody, and they stick Fishman out, like, literally out in front of everybody. He's like, I don't remember, it was a disaster, but, um, you know, they came back to it. Fishman always gets the, the, the shit end of the stick. Yeah, well, and, and the whole thing on how Hold Your Head Up came to be his theme song is because he hated it. He hated it. Yeah, <laughs> they should start playing Jennifer Dances um, when Fishman comes out. For what it's worth, I do have a hard time that Jennifer Dances got an official quote-unquote play on July 27th, 2014, because it, it wasn't really a play. Nope. Um, I'm, I'm looking through Fishnet notes here. I mean, they... You know, Fishman sings the first couple of lyrics and then he forgets and he screams my dong because he just doesn't know what else to say. Uh, But then Fishnet, you know, reminds us that a couple of days later in Portsmouth, Virginia, the band sound checks Jennifer dances in the style of Foxy Lady, a slow bluesy version of Foxy Lady, which they have a link to that no longer works. Oh. I would love if anybody has a link to that sound check, please, please make it I available. Yeah, for real. Man. I want to hear it's that. Gotta be somewhere. Wait, where um, was the sound check at? I what? Love, I want it. It was Portsmouth a couple nights later. Wow. 729, I think. 729. Yeah. Um, I, my, my take on whether they played it or not, Matt, is, yeah, he doesn't sing the song, but while he's playing the vacuum solo, Trey, Paige, and Mike are playing Jennifer Dances True. in the background and singing, Jennifer Dances. <laughs> so I, I think it does count as a play, despite the fact that he forgot the words. You know, we still count when they play Fee and Trey forgets all the words, so. Oh come yeah, on! That's true. You can't expect yeah, to remember all those lyrics. Just so many lyrics. Real. Portsmouth. Portsmouth is a is a just there on the side there... bucket list venue for me to go to. Is that it's a, tiny. Is that a good venue of any any really place. Heard much about it. Portsmouth, Portsmouth is oh yeah, I heard it's really small. Yeah, it's like yeah, six. That's like the Tidewater, like Virginia Beach area, right? Oh wow! So that, that, yeah, also like ascend in Nashville. I would, I would love to go. Oh, to. that Sounds is like beyond uh, also like around six k, I think. And speaking of miss you, you know, I mean, you know, that's yeah, where you I, know. I had a bunch of. Work. Go ahead, Matt. I had a bunch of bucket list, you know, venues. That was kind of like how, when I was seeing fish more often, 
And I mean, it's even sometimes when I decide where I'm going to go see fish, it's like, oh, do is this like just a historical city that the band has had like a lot of really good heaters in or just really special moments? Or is it, you know, just like a cool place that, that I want to go? But, you know, oftentimes I'll pick because of, you know, the, the fishery that's associated, you know, with the market, you know, like Lakewood Amphitheater or something like that. Right. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, the 93, 94 Charlotte, North Carolina shows. Um, Charlotte's always been like a really cool, cool uh, market. And I've seen, I think, fish six or seven times now, you know, in Charlotte. Were you at the show there in 2019? I was not at the show in 2019, but I was at the show in 2003 Ah. that they just uh, played on dinner in a movie um, recently. And I actually talk about that in your episode that I was on Ryan, where I talk about the drowned in the Kong, that like black Sabbath kind of like jam. Well, if you would like to hear more about that, you should go listen to episode seven of We Move Through Stormy Weather, where Matt and I talk about split open and melt. <laughs> so, and well, get there. you know, because if, if you look at, so back in the day, we had the Farmer's Almanac, and you'd be, I'd be pouring through stats and whatnot. And if you look, you'll see that there are certain songs that replay. So I saw... Uh, sh- uh charlotte well it wasn't charlotte it was walnut creek i guess maybe it was charlotte in 98 and they played drown and then you know you mentioned drowned again in 2003 and what you'll see is there there's a historical look back that's happening in trey's mind right like trey sets the you know initial email that goes out to everybody or note like here are the songs that i'm thinking about and i guarantee he's looking at that because there's too much past precedent that it's like, okay, why'd they play Paul and Cyrus again in the same venue? Like, I mean, they played it like 14 times. Um, so you will get those things. Yeah. I'll yeah. take anything at this point, dude. Well, that's true. And I mean, you know, I, I think whatever they do play when they make their eventual return to the stage, whether it's, again, I know Steve has opinions on this, whether it's, you know, this summer, no whether it's Dicks, whether it's this fall, whether it's New Year's. Uh, I had a little fun fact that I was just looking through on Fishnet here about Jennifer Dances. So I was mentioning that it was the sound check of what day? Oh, 729.14. Uh, yeah, so there's a little uh, embedded video on the Fishnet page, YouTube video that does not work anymore. At least it's not working for me. And it says it's from Portsmouth, but under the video, it says jennifer dances seven twenty seven fourteen columbia maryland which is meriwether post so unless we look at the sound check notes we don't know where that's actually oh it's from. it's sorry it's it's uh 7 14 i just looked up the second night in portsmouth so weird so neither of these facts are correct crazy you know i mean some and, and some of the lyrics you know, if you look at the lyrics, because even the second version of Jennifer Dances on 12.7, um, it says, uh, drawn into, not inside. So, like, you know, I mean, there's little nuances. I, I'm always interested. I 
I guess that these lyrics are, I mean, it says Anastasia Marshall, who is she music BMI, these lyrics must be out there, but you know, in the heat of the moment, you know, does change to use and vice versa. So who knows? This is kind of interesting uh, regarding the lyrics. Something I didn't really think about is that there was, you know, uh, people that, you know, felt the vibe of the music and, and the melody and everything. And then there was some people that were, you know, criticizing it, not just because of the poppiness of it, but because they views, viewed the lyrics as misogynist, you know, workers in a field, you know, hatred. The woman of the cooking the meal, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Right, right. And uh, so it goes on to say, particularly Jennifer dances and she cooks me a meal, a little less salt in the gravy tonight. Earning the song assorted derisive nicknames, it was commonly called, quote, kitchen bitch, unquote. Oh. That's a, aggressive. So, I I think I think it's a bit hard. Like you're you're pissed that the song has this misogynist tone, but you're going to start calling it "kitchen bitch." Come on, come on, guys. I think that's yeah. yeah. I think that's definitely in the wrong direction. And I, I, think, just, I think people that want to start that 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 want to be a problem, and you know uh, that's not the way that I look at it. I look at you know. And I'm not a musician and I'm not, I'm, I don't write lyrics, but I know what it's like to feel in the moment. And I know what it's like, everybody knows what it's like to hurt and to feel emotion. So, uh, you know, there are certain people that I have a certain, a standard for, and I don't believe that there is any ill intent in any lyric that I've ever heard from the band or the people that I follow, because if they were that I wouldn't follow them. Well, yeah, we, we, there's, there's a song that Tom himself has acknowledged, like that free is about like drowning your wife or something like that. It was like some crazy, you know, but it's, Damn, Ryan, I could hear a pin drop for a second there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it, it was it was drowning someone. Drowning song. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm. Yeah, it's fine. I, I really love the fact that we have been able to spend 45 minutes um, <laughs> dissecting, uh, you know, a song like Jennifer Dances that has been played four times in the band's career and is considered an absolute meme and i you know thank you guys so much uh for uh for doing this it was just the the idea for this came uh when we were we were welcoming matt to clubhouse uh a few weeks ago and we just ended up in in a room together and we were just talking about what if we (laughs) what if we did an episode on jennifer dances and this became our april fool's joke idea so if you've made it all 45 minutes into this episode uh thank you so much for listening to us uh yeah, and don't forget to check song. out the goose clubhouse gang ryan is part of as well yes sunday shenanigans every sunday yeah ryan's out there um yeah people, so community organizer ryan will dance he will cook you a meal and you'll probably hear him on a podcast near you sometimes. And I will leave some salt out of the gravy. 
Not too much salt, man. Um, we have, yeah. we're thank old. you. We're yeah, we, now. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much, Matt and Steve. Uh, this has been so much fun. Happy April Fools. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much to everyone for listening to this episode of We Move Through Storming Weather. Uh, our regularly scheduled programming will resume next Monday with episode 12. Uh, hope you have a fantastic day. And I'll see you next time. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.